The following sermon is by Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at ebcraleigh.com. And now, here's Pastor Steve. Amen, church. Let's take our Bible and turn back to Ecclesiastes chapter number 11. Next week, we will finish uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. We'll be in chapter 12 and finish that up. And in the month of August, I have uh, four sermons on uh, prayer. So we're going to speak a little bit about um, uh, praying together as a church and kind of gearing up and, and helping ourselves prepare for all that lies before us in the fall and in the winter and many opportunities to share the gospel and what the Lord's doing. And so I want to make sure that we are uh, learning and growing how to be prayer warriors and involved in that too will be uh, some opportunities for us to fast as a church and the scripture fasting and prayer go together. And so we'll be speaking a little bit more on that in the weeks to come. But Ecclesiastes Chapter number 11, if you're visiting with us today or unfamiliar with the Scripture, there's a pew Bible right in front of you. And uh, it's just like any other book. It has a table of contents right at the front. And you can uh, find your way there. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to put your eyes and read silently on the text. And I will read out loud for us this morning the first six verses of this chapter. So let's read together. Cast your bread on the surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. If the clouds are full, they pour out rain upon the earth, and whether a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, wherever the tree falls, that's pretty much where it is. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Sow your seed in the morning and do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed or whether both or of them alike will be good. Would you join me for a word of prayer this morning? Our Father, we do come to You now and thank You uh, for this Lord's Day. We thank You for our Sunday school hour, opportunity Bible study for people to come and fellowship and, and be involved in each other's life and to study the Word of, of God. We thank You for this hour of worship together, Lord, that we can sing together, that we can pray, that we can give, and, and Lord, um, that we can hear about uh, the work of missions that is taking place, Your name being made famous around the world, and men and women and boys and girls both near and far coming to faith in Christ Jesus. And now, Lord, we pray that as we have read Your Word, that You would speak to our hearts. And so I pray for everyone that's in the room today, uh, the most ardent believer and the most critical person. I pray that we would open up and that we would uh, be open to what Your Scriptures say and that Your Spirit would uh, convict of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and that You would help us to see the wisdom of this passage and to learn to live our lives for the Lord in the days that we have. For it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. As we bring ourselves to these six verses, just kind of one simple main passage or main thought in this passage, and that is that God wants us to be serving 
in His kingdom. God wants us to be serving kind of Christians. I really enjoy that last song that we sang as a congregation. And surely in our lives there are always times where we say, even so come Lord Jesus. You might say, even so come Lord Jesus if you have a flat tire on the way home today and you're burning up in the heat, right? You might say, even so come Lord Jesus for some of you if uh, sometimes when school's in and you have a test the next day, right? Jesus, come and deliver me from that test. Maybe some of you are thinking, well, I've got to go to work tomorrow and I don't like my boss, so even so, come Lord Jesus. But when we think about that thought and we say that out of our mouth and we say, Lord, we want You to come. And we think of the book of the Revelation, how it ends, the, the Spirit and the Bride, they, they say come, and we long for the coming of Jesus. But I, I would say to us that it would be selfish on our behalf to sing and to pray and to speak and to long for the coming of Jesus unless we are the kind of believers that are serving God selflessly, that we are giving ourselves to His glory and to His kingdom and to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to our other brothers and sisters and neighbors around the world. If we are not the kind of people that are sharing the truth of Jesus everywhere, all the time, as much as we can, then it would be kind of shameful and selfish of us to say, Lord Jesus, we want You to come even though we haven't shared with our neighbor. We want You to come even though we haven't spoken to that coworker about the gospel. We want you to come even though the gospel hasn't reached around the world. And I just would say to all of us here midsummer, let's re-up our commitment to serve God with everything that we have. And most of the problem, the reason why we don't serve is because we end up serving ourselves rather than serving Him and serving other people. Service is intrinsically about the glory of God and the good of other people. In fact, we want to make life much about ourselves. We look out for number one instead of taking care of God's business and loving our neighbor enough to share with them. This past week I was listening to a story, true story, and it's sad that you got to say that when you're preaching, but true story. And uh, you know the uh, how you can have a personalized license plate? That first happened, was first made available in, uh, in Illinois. And uh, they were telling the story that the day that this came available to be able to personalize your own license plate, they had 1,100 applications for the license plate number one. They interviewed the guy, the DOT, and he said, you know, I just, I was so heartbroken and I had such anxiety about who to pick out of 1,100 people to give the license plate number one, so I ended up just giving it to myself. <laughs> yes. I think that would be the tone of our own lives. In fact, you know, they say that the smallest package in the world is someone who is wrapped up in themselves, right? And most of us seem to live our lives about what's most important to us. And, and you know, I get it. I know that's I, hey, we all live that way. But I, I just want to encourage us today from the Word of God to lay that off and to cast that aside and to tear off that kind of old man mentality and to put on the new man mentality of serving the Lord Jesus Christ and serving others. 
Isn't that what Jesus said is the greatest commandments? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? It's the person beside you. It's the person that you'll meet at lunch. It's the person at the gas station. It's the person at the bank. It's your neighbor. It's the person you see at the park. Love Christ and love others. Serve Christ and serve other people. Let me just make three points in this passage today. And all three just kind of come in the form of a question for you to answer. So from verse number 1 and 2, here's the question. Are you prepared to serve God by helping needy people? Are you prepared to serve God by helping needy people? Look at verse 1 and 2. It takes a little bit of explanation. It says here, "...cast your bread on the surface of the water, for you will find it after many days. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what misfortune may occur in the earth." Verse number 1 is this beautiful little metaphor, little word picture, but it kind of has uh, two components to it. And so one of the components has to do with that of charity or love. And so these uh, the bread it's speaking about there would be, in the ancient world, to be a real hard cake-like substance and they would go down the Nile in these boats and they would cast some of that bread upon the water and when the waters receded, the poor people would come to the banks of the water and they would grab those cakes and take them in. And so it's basically saying here, be charitable. The word cast simply means to open up, to be open-handed, to, to give out. And when the water recedes, let those people take from it and it'll come back eventually. God will bless you eventually. It'll come back and, and help you if you're open-handed and open-hearted and you help those other people who are in great need. And so there needs to be a bit of our service that has to do with our charity of giving a heart that wants to give to other people. But that's not the only metaphor that's being used. When it says, cast your bread upon the water and in time it'll come back to you, it's kind of speaking about how we would talk today. You know, we refer to money as bread, right? You know? And so it's basically saying here, some of your translations may even hint toward this. Take your investments and spread them out around the world. Be wise stewards of the money that God has given you. Use that money, make that money, and be intelligent and wise about the way that you take care of what God has given you because you don't know what misfortunes may lie ahead. You don't know what's around the bend. You don't know what you'll face tomorrow. So don't waste your money. Use it wisely. Be a wise steward of what God has given you. And you know, this week as I was putting verse 1 and 2 together, I just think both of those metaphors come together for us wisely. And we want to think about serving God. Are you prepared to serve God by giving to people who are in need? And you know what? There are people in this room today, you have the heart that wants to give to missions. You have the heart that wants to take care of those who are in need. You have the heart that wants to minister to those, whether it's financially or emotionally or with your time and effort. You want to give to people, but you've not been a wise steward of what God has given you, and therefore you can't. Did you know that in the Bible, oftentimes, personal investment and wise stewardship goes hand in hand with charity and giving and love. I just want to encourage all of us today I want you to answer that question in your own heart. Are you prepared to serve God by giving to other people? I think the first part of that statement is to ask yourself, are you prepared? Are you handling what God has entrusted to you wisely? Your finances? 
your relationships, your friendships. The Gospel, isn't that what the Apostle Paul said in the New Testament? That he has been entrusted with the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you what you have been entrusted with? That which you hold in jars of clay? It is the message of the Gospel of Jesus that is vastly more important than yourself or me. Are you holding that wisely in your life and using it as a wise steward? Are you taking the finances that God has given you and using them in the right and stewardly way? Or are you wasting them on things that don't don't really matter in life. I've told you before that God is not some sort of eternal killjoy. God wants you to enjoy. You can see me. I like, I like getting a good burger every once in a while. I don't mind going out to eat. There's too many laughter going on in here, right? There's nothing wrong with going out to eat. There's nothing wrong with buying there. There's nothing wrong with clothes. But I just want to say, if all of that materialism dominates your life and takes more control than what you give... Something's wrong. Are you prepared? Are you being a wise steward of what God has given you? I spoke to somebody this last week who is on, who is on the back end of life and has maybe seven years left to work. And they will most likely never climb out of debt. And they are at a position in life where they should be given 100% toward God's work and loving and helping and ministering and serving, but they can't because in their lifetime they have not prepared wisely. Now I know that might have not been the best point or the one that you wanted to hear this morning, but I think God wants you through this passage to cast that bread upon the water and be a wise steward of what God has given you and to be charitable. Are you prepared? And are you prepared to help other people who are in need? Don't be selfish. Don't hold on to it. You've heard me say before, and nobody in this room has ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Right? You can't take it with you when you're gone. Whatever's here is here. You ought to invest wisely so you can help your children and grandchildren, but you ought to be giving and going and loving and using opportunities to serve. I was so proud of our deacons this past week. I uh, had, had our deacons meeting and uh, just going around listening to them. You should hear how they're talking about all of the prayer requests of the different Sunday schools that, that they, they try and care for and shepherd. And not only that, but they're going around the table talking about how the uh, deacons' wives have put together these little, uh, these little packs of uh, hygiene packs and crackers and, and kind of in these Ziploc bags for our homeless community here in Raleigh. And as they come down the road or come to an intersection that these guys are out there giving them away and they were saying, yeah, I handed out two and I gave out three and I don't have any more. we got to make some more. You ought to be the kind of person who is preparing wisely with your own finances and who is giving generously with an open hand. Two thoughts from those two verses and then I'll move on. If you want to answer that question in the right way, remember that it takes two things. Commitment and patience. Isn't that what it says in verse number 1? Cast your bread, right? You've got to do it. 
And you see what it says there in verse number two? Seven. If not seven, then eight. And that's just a Hebrewism. Anytime you see in the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew way of kind of putting an exclamation point at the end of a verse. They will often say the number of perfection and then one on top of that. So it's basically saying, listen, get out there, be committed to giving, and listen, do it seven times, then do it eight times, right? It's the exclamation point. You have to be committed to it. You have to be committed to being wise in the way that you handle your finances, in the way that you handle the gospel. You have to be wise and you have to be committed to giving charitably to other people. John Wesley often said that the only remedy to materialism is giving to other people. You have to, uh, you have to be committed and you have to be patient. Look what it says there at the end of verse number 1. For you will find it after many days. Now listen, don't run out of here today, right? And say, well, I'm not going out to eat today and expect like a new car to be in your garage tomorrow. I talk with people sometimes, Pastor, I've been working at saving money for a week and a half and I'm still not out of debt. Well, listen, you didn't get in debt overnight. You're probably not going to get out overnight. Be committed to it and be patient. And give God time. And you'll find that if you live the kind of life that is like Jesus, that's committed to others and patient, that it will come back for you. And that God will reward you. And God will take care of you. Isn't that what the New Testament said? Give and it shall be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Will men give into your bosom? That's the old English way of saying it, right? Isn't that what your Bible says? Now, I guarantee you that is not the way that the bag of potato chips is at the subway. You ever, you ever get a bag of potato chips at the subway and there's like more air in the bag than there is potato chips? You ever buy a box of cereal and like there's that much cereal and that much air in there? That's not the way that's not talking about. When you give and you have a heart that has charity and love and kindness and you're prepared to serve God by giving to other people, God will give to you and He'll do it the way my dad made me do it when I was raking leaves when I was a kid. And you know, my brother and I, we'd rake the leaves and we would just ever so softly lay them in there like they were feathers and then we'd tie the bag and it'd be like that. You know, I mean, you could just pick it up. Then my dad would come out there and say, nope, that's not enough, son. And he would scrunch all those leaves down in there until the bag's we're just about to bust. That's the way God gives to us through others when we have a generous and a kind heart. So just maybe ask yourself that today. Are you prepared to serve God by giving to those who are in need? Verse 3 through verse number 5, here's what I would say. Are you making excuses for not serving God? Look at these verses. You'll see probably three or four metaphors here. The clouds, the, the tree, the wind, and the bones uh, in the baby uh, in the womb of the mother. Look at the verse again. So if the clouds are full, they're going to pour out rain on the earth. Listen, McFly, hello. If you look up there in the sky and they look like there's a bunch of rain up there in the clouds, it's coming down. You don't need to sit there and stare at it and talk about it and think about it, wonder about it, and ask 15 people about it. The clouds are going to rain. Look what's this say next. Listen, when a tree falls to the north or to the south, that's where it lies. What are you going to do? Stop it? You're going to stand under it and push it another way? And then look what it says in verse number four. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. 
just as you do not know the path of the wind or how the bones are formed in the womb of the pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Let me, let me just maybe say this today. Are, are you making excuses for not faithfully serving the Lord Jesus Christ? My voice is a little weak today, so I'm sorry if you can't hear me in the back, but let me say that again. Are, are you making excuses for not being faithful in serving the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you are, I want to encourage you today to stop and to repent of that. And right where you are, when we pray in a little bit, just talk with God and say, you know what? I make excuses for everything under the sun. You're like this person. Well, I want to go out there and sow the seed. I know I need to do that, but looks like there might be a little rain today. We better hold off on that. I want to go out there and do what I'm supposed to do, but the winds are kicking up a little. I'm sure Saturday will be a better day. I'm sure Wednesday will be a better day. I'll do it next time. I'll get on that next time. Let me tell you something, my friend. Stop making excuses for serving Jesus Christ. And Jamie said a little while ago when he was talking to us, aren't you looking forward to that day when you will meet the God of heaven? Yes, There is a part of me that has great joy at looking for the day when I will meet God. But I want to say to you, for all of us in here, it will not only have a component of joy in it, but I think for the vast majority of believers, there will be a component of fear. For God might look at us and say, my brother, my sister, I gave you everything that you needed. What did you do with what I gave you? Did you bury it in the ground? Did you even take it to the bank? that it might make .001 interest? Don't make excuses. There are some of you in here, and the excuse that you have is, well, I've passed my prime, and I'm passing that on to the younger people of the church. Well, listen, the younger people of the church need to serve and pick up the mantle and the torch and keep on going. That is true. But if you think that God wants you to quit where you are, you have misunderstood the Word of God. Don't use that as an excuse. They say, well, I can't do what I used to. I can't be here all the time. I can't do this. There are a thousand things for every one or two things that you're not able to do in the service of the kingdom of God. There are a thousand and one things that you can do. And if you're making that excuse, ask yourself this. When is the last time you pop by the office and ask somebody on staff, what could I do to serve Jesus at Emmanuel? You could write cards. You could pray. You can visit. There are tons. Hey, listen, a little insert here, right? These are in the back on the welcome desk. All the upcoming events in the next couple of months. Tons of things to be involved in and to serve. Don't make excuses. Some people make excuses for faithfulness to church. Hey, listen. You guys know I I probably get in trouble sometimes for not preaching harder harder on church attendance and faithfulness. I get it. I know a vacation. I like a vacation to the glory of God too, right? And uh, I'm never against you. And and by the way, you don't ever need to come up and tell me uh, like, hey, next Sunday we're not going to be here or we're going to be on vacation. I love you. 
And, and here's, the th- here's the thing when it comes to making excuses and talking about faithfulness. I promise you that after this sermon, the people in this room that are giving their dead level best to serve Jesus as hard as they can, they will be the person that come up to me and say, Pastor, I know i got to serve harder. I know i got to do more. I know i got to love Jesus. Listen, if you're already serving, keep doing what you're doing. If you're not, get off your lazy tail and love Jesus. Amen? Just be faithful. Well, since I've already made a few of you mad, I might as well just tell you this. <laughs> Listen, you know, like this coming Wednesday night, we have, uh, we call it ministry conference, business meeting, whatever you want. We have our quarterly business meeting. Now, if you show up here on a Wednesday night for a business meeting and that's the first Wednesday night you've been to all summer, you're a hypocrite. You're not right with Jesus. And so the best thing you could do is before you come, just get on your knees, if your knees are good enough, or just sit there in a chair and just pray and say, you know, Lord Jesus, I'm going there tonight because I want to know what's going on in that church. But I haven't been going to serve. I haven't been going to be faithful. I haven't been going to get my soul fed and my family fed. Yeah. You see, when I say that, but I have a smile on the face, you know that I love you, right? Alright. Probably get an email or two tomorrow, but I know you know that I love you. Just take that spoonful of medicine and let the sugar make it go down easy. Alright? Verse number 6. Let me give you a third point today. Alright? So, question number 1. Are you prepared to serve God by helping those in need? Question number 2. Are you making excuses for serving God? If you are, don't do that. Question number 3. Are you serving the Lord diligently? Are you serving the Lord diligently and leaving the results in His hands? Can I tell you, we've got some good brothers and sisters in this church, and I know that you're trying to share the Gospel and work for Jesus, and sometimes you just don't see the fruit that you wish you'd see. Hey, can I tell you something? Me too. I go to conferences sometimes and I'll hear, uh, I'll hear a guy get up and, and he'll preach and talk about how he won five people to Jesus on the airplane coming into the conference. And I just walk away dejected. Most of the time, when I get enough guts to share the gospel on the plane with somebody, they don't want to hear anything I got to say. And then the rest of the three hour flight is awkward. Okay? I don't win everybody to Jesus that I come into contact with. And I want you to know you're in good company. Neither do you. And we don't always see the fruit that we want. Well, the text says, go out there and sow the seed in the morning and don't give up in the evening. Keep sowing then as well too. And did you notice that four times in these six verses, it says, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in the earth. You don't know what God will do. You don't know what He's doing with that baby in the womb. And all the scientists in the world, and they still cannot explain true life, how it comes out of the womb being a living, breathing human being created in the image of Almighty God. Don't worry about all the results. My brothers and sisters, feel the encouragement of God's Scripture and of the Holy Spirit. He loves you. When you go out there and you share the Word, and you invite folks to come to church, or you do whatever it is that you're serving, you don't do that alone. You do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you do that with the great Gospel of Christ behind you. And you do that for the glory of an Almighty God who will one day make all things right and good. It is His power in you. And He loves you and He cares for you. Just be faithful at it. Just be a wise steward. Just be diligent about the work of God. I saw something stupid on Facebook last night. Some goofball posted something, a little video about don't invite people to church. Man, stop that. Now listen, 
What you ought to do is you ought to be growing and maturing in your faith so that you get to the point where you can share the gospel faithfully right there with somebody and share your testimony. But hey, listen, if you're not there yet, don't sweat it. You're going to grow. We'll help you. Why don't you just start by inviting an unbeliever to come to church? You're not asking them to come because of whoever preaches here. You're not asking them to come even though we do have the awesomest worship leader in the world. Amen, right? I'm trying, brother. I'm trying. I'm help you there. You don't have to come because we have the most dynamic choir or our fog machines that we're getting. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Talk about emails, right? Hey, I mean, we're not asking people to come for all of that. We're asking people to come so that they can hear the word of the Lord Jesus Christ dying on a crucified cross and raised again on the third day, that they can take all of their sin and all of their shame and all of their guilt and all of the things that lie in their closet that they wish that nobody knew but they know, and they could pour that at the foot of an almighty God who washes away all of our sins and takes the old heart out and puts a new heart in and gives us eternal life in the name of Jesus. They can hear about that. They can be surrounded by a group of people who are so far beyond perfect. They are, they, none of us in this room are perfect, but we have been made beyond that perfection by Jesus Christ alone. We are not holding on to who we are or what we are done. We don't want anybody coming in here and saying, well, look at those people. No, we are just a band of brothers and sisters who are weak and fallen and wounded, but we have found a perfect Savior. Amen? And so let me tell you something. You go out there in the world this week and serve God diligently and leave the results in His hands. Amen? I know that there are going to be obstacles. I know there are going to be storm clouds. I know that there are going to be trees that fall. I know there are going to be things that get in your way. Obstacles are going to come. But don't say, I'll serve Him then. Say, I'll serve Him now. And you'll be ready to meet Him. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Close your eyes. So, let me just explain here for maybe those that might be visiting with us. Hey, we're not asking you to do something awkward. We just take a moment here on Sundays. We kind of bow in uh, homage of the Lord. And we close our eyes because we're not interested in your business. And we don't want you to be interested in other people's business. So, we just ask maybe nobody looking around. Right where you are. Maybe, maybe you should talk with God today. If you're a believer in the room, maybe you should say, hey, Lord, I want to serve you. And I don't want to serve you out of guilt. I want to serve you out of thankfulness because of what Jesus has done. Maybe you're here in this room today and you just pop by for a visit and you, you don't know Christ as your Savior. Let me tell you something. The only service that you can do is to lay down your weapons of warfare such as your pride and selfishness and ask Jesus to save you and to change you. He died for you taking all of your sin into Himself and He rose again to give you eternal life. Maybe this would be the good, glad day that you would just simply in your own voice, in your own mind, in your own heart, give up trying to be good enough to get to heaven and rest and trust in Jesus Christ alone. 
You've been listening to Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh. For more information and free access to other messages, please visit us at ebcraleigh.com.